Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. Hope you're paying attention today because we have a friend calling in from Scotland, and her name is Rhonda McCrimmon, and she is a seer, shaman, has a podcast called The Shaman Talk. I want to welcome Rhonda to the Unimpressed Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very good, John. Thanks for having me. So before we went live on here, we were talking about how you live your life, and you said you've kind of closed yourself off energy-wise because you don't want to pick up people's energy because I myself understand what you mean, picking up that energy. It changes who you are. You're never the same person uh, unless you're by yourself. Can you explain that a little bit to us and what that's all about? Yeah, I realized at some point in my life that a lot of what I was experiencing and feeling wasn't mine. I'm sure many of your listeners can ex- can resonate with that. Coupled with that, I would also know what people were thinking, what was going to happen with people, um, and not even on a very, let's say, spiritual level, like who was getting together with who, who was divorcing who, who was, you know, all these like gossipy, not very kind of nice things that I would just know about people. It was actually... Um, it suited my vanity and my ego at the time and where I was as a person, honestly. But then as I stumbled through life and started to think, oh, there must be a must got to be a different way to live this life and find my way to shamanism, I started to experiment with learning how to not pick up other people's energy unethically in that way. And for me, that looked like becoming moving from an enslaved empath, couldn't go to the shops, find big crowds difficult, all the, all these things that I really struggled with and I was very enslaved by my my abilities to now being an empowered empath where I'm absolutely connected to my gifts and abilities but I choose I choose when that happens and I only ever choose to do that when I have permission from the person that I'm connecting with and that for me has meant that my life force my energy my ability to support my community much stronger and clearer and my ability to live my happy normal everyday life is also much more rooted and grounded and much more um, just nicer, really. I mean, did yeah. you feel like you were on pins and needles when you weren't weren't kind of protecting yourself? So there was a lot going on for me, not only the ability to feel and know what was going on around me, but also um, undiagnosed ADHD, which comes into the picture as well, lots of trauma. So it was just a mess. So I really wouldn't be able to, I don't think, pinpoint or describe exactly what it was like other than to say... It was very difficult to live a, any kind of life that wasn't like hell. It was hellish, is how I would describe it, mm-hmm. pre-shamanism anyway. And, and it's funny, I talk to different people who have certain abilities. I mean, I've been told I'm a clairsentient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel everything. Um, what do you think about the trauma being a factor in most of these people um, that have these abilities? So for me, I think that if I hadn't experienced the things that I have experienced, I would find it very difficult to hold space for other people. It certainly has given me perspective. It's also given me hope. So I know 
that I can go from where I was before to where I am now. And I have complete faith that everybody has the ability to make changes and to become fuller, happier, more connected people. So I think for me, the the change meant from, as I think about it, then to now gives me hope, momentum, encouragement, faith. Do you think the fear is just part of it to really understand who you are? Fear is a a funny word because it comes, it can be all-encompassing. So living a fearful, constricted, contracted life means that nothing has the space to enter, nothing has the space to grow. It's like a blanket, a blanket from the the magic that life could be. So, yeah, fear's a funny one. It's a big one. Because I used to be fearful of things and, and still... I am to some extent, but I have to rethink that thought process because of when I realized that fear was a very, very weak energy mm-hmm. um, and darkness is a very, very weak energy um, based on what I know now. Um, did you ever have a revel- revelation of understanding where this dark energy stuff is not that big of a deal if you understand it properly? Do I think it's not as big of a deal? No, I think I'm always really respectful at the moment where I am. That may change. But at the moment, I feel really respectful of, I wouldn't necessarily call it darkness because I quite enjoy the dark. In some sense, we need the dark and the light to come together and balance yin and yang. But that um, the fearful, constricted, contracted, dark, whole, pit, well place that you're describing, I would say I have a healthy, um, a healthy respect for it. I'm very grateful for it. I think um, I came out of it um, with many gifts and uh, the ability to see much more clearly. I think that for me, I have no, I don't worry that I'm going to end up back there or I'm not fearful that I'll wake up and all of the things I've done in the last decade are gone. But is it a big deal? I think that to me, I like to hold on to to this idea that... um, not to forget where I've come from, so I'm still able to hold space for people who are who are there. Maybe. Gotcha. Well, yeah. the the other thing, the other rationale I have about why people like yourself and other people I've talked to around the world have have trauma and have issues. You know, let's say if we look back thousand, two thousand years ago, mm. there's a certain group of people. Maybe they're a low, lower vibration bloodline or whatever it is, a lower vibration entity. Um, that I think is kind of coming to the surface now, uh, but that's here and there, saw certain people with certain abilities, and they threw them out of town. You know, that happened for years and years and years. Anybody like, you know, you think about um, the Witches of Salem or wherever, all these very dramatic, you know, stories or, you know, propaganda type stories that were created over time. And they would banish these people with these special abilities, you know, out of the town, you're gone. So they would go out of town, you're gone. And wherever they landed, they were poor. They had no money. They had no resources. So they had to survive. So I think in a way, some of these, the majority of some of these people, I think I would say more than 60 to 70 percent were probably banished that had these abilities. Uh, they went, they had to they had to survive on their own, however they survived. Right. And then <clears throat> and now 
you can see some of these people with these abilities coming out of these poor communities. And sometimes when you don't have money, that creates fear, creates issues. If you feel, you know, if you're a highly sensitive person, you may lean towards alcohol, you may lean towards drugs um, because you just don't know what you're feeling. Do you think that's the case? You have, there's a higher uh, experience level of, of trauma with people who have special abilities because maybe a thousand years ago that their lineage was cast away from these towns, these small towns, because of the people running the town. It's very in-depth, weird question, John. Love it. Well, in Scotland, where I'm from, our native spirituality, which we do have, was um, suppressed and uh, crushed somewhat, especially by the in incoming church. That did happen. So what's left of our native spirituality merged with a lot of Christian doctrine and also other cultures as well. It's like a bit of a melting pot here. You've got to be, you've got to kind of just be open hearted about the information that's available to us about our more ancient spirituality. So it's quite syncretic. Um, and the one of the things that Scotland's quite well known for is something called second sight, which is the ability to... It actually translates as two sights from Gallic. And if you have second sight, then you see the dead. They visit you and bring you messages. And it's quite common. It's, it's a known thing in Scotland. And if you have the second sight, you're known, a, known as a tithesher, which is a, a wraith seer. And one of the things, and I've remembered your question, so I will get to the point. Um, one of the things I've noticed in Scotland is that there's a strong community of mediumship and going to spiritualist churches and talking talking to the dead and it's very common in um, poorer areas and the reason I know that is because I'm from a very poor deprived area my parents were both spiritual mediums so we spent a lot of time growing up in spiritualist church um, so it's the, the spiritualist church is like a leftover from this time of having the second sight and the church come in and everything having to merge and become this big messy melting pot and in terms of do I think there's more trauma? What I see is that there are lots of people in poor, poorer communities who have gifts and don't know what to do with them, don't know how to... There's no context for them. They don't know how to connect with their own innate ability to, um, yeah, to be grounded, to know, to be in touch with their intuition, like really basic things. But I can only say that because I'm from that background. I'm not from a wealthier background i don't know what people from a wealthy background face and they will face their own traumas um i do have a couple of friends who and we talk about this subject and their parents are well one's kind of middle class and the other one's fairly wealthy and they both have their own specific set of problems and one of them is a you one one of the people have parents who are completely unavailable traveling all over the world and she had um substance abuse issues and um, suicidal ideation for many years so I don't think personally I don't think trauma cares how much money you have um, I think it I think that everybody suffers in that way and for us in Scotland your original question was people were shoved out to the margins and had no money but here that was so long ago I'm not sure if it if it I think it I think you find the fear that that engenders in people, I think you find it in all walks of life. Mm -hmm. Maybe also, well, I, I just had a thought there about kids as well, children with spiritual gifts. Yeah. Usually parents, regardless of their the amount of money they have or their socioeconomic status, are terrified when their kids start talking about ghosts or 
seeing things or the things that kids sometimes talk about. Mm-hmm. So I think the I think the fear that the church doctrine, certainly in Scotland, which ancient Christianity is amazing, right? Like magical, ceremonial, beautiful. But that by the time it got to Scotland, it wasn't like that. It was puritanical and um, not magical at all. Had all that stripped away, just really controlling. And I think for Scotland and Britain, that fear is still there in the background, really stopping people from feeling safe in their native spirituality and their native connection. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I agree that everybody's going to experience trauma. But if you, when you think about, because this is what I feel. I mean, just I feel every, you know, I feel this. What I talk about is I feel it every day. So I think if you take highly sensitive people with talent and you put them in a poor community, right, you're only setting them up for failure because because there's no there's no knowledge there's no information to help you understand these high sensibilities right like when i said before about you know you ever feel prickly you ever feel like your own pins and needles you know i think that happens more to people with these abilities so when you're you're trying to come out of this poor community community when you're trying to come out of this poor community and better yourself you know depending on where you land on your choices, you know, your choices could be dark, your choices could be light. But that's a lot. I think that's a lot to figure out for someone who doesn't understand what they're feeling. You know, because I just think see... that, do you think that people who are poor are less likely to ha- to know what they're feeling than people who are not poor? Because that's not well, been my experience. I think most people are really disconnected from their intuition and their abilities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a disconnect because you don't know who you are, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lifetime to figure out who you are. Yeah. You know, so if you don't know who you are and you're trying to figure it out, I mean, I mean, my stuff really just came on strong probably the past five years. But I used to drink, you know, probably drink more than I should, um, you know, because I think sometimes, you know, because I kind of apply this to enter the entertainment business, because most entertainers who are really, really good are disaster off camera and they're amazing on camera. Right. And usually they have Hmm. very high sensibilities, you know, and I think it's more of a mental health issue, you know. So if you understand it from that perspective, I mean, that's, you know, if you're a great actor, that's a special ability. But what you're feeling to be that great actor, you know, you not may not be handling that the right way. Right. And, And some people, if they don't handle those feelings the right way, they may never may never understand who they really are. What does people come to you for? That's evolved somewhat over the years. So originally when I first graduated, I would see people one-to-one for shamanic healing and did that for a few years and it was really lovely. I'm sure most of your listeners will know what that entails. What I realised was that seeing people once or twice in that setting wasn't really doing the job. I wanted to empower people to do it for themselves rather than come to me as some kind of, you know, person on a pedestal or uh, giving their power away to me. I wanted to teach people how to connect for themselves and to be empowered in us an animistic and spiritual and shamanic way. So I started to change what I did. So now what I do is that that's it. I teach people how to connect with their own innate abilities, specifically Celtic. I'm Scottish, that's where I'm from. And Specifically, at the moment, I'm concentrating on our cauldron power centres. So kind of like chakras, but Celtic. And that starts with root of self. 
in the lower cauldron, emotions and grief and joy, basically, in the middle section and shadow as well, and then spiritual gifts and connection in the upper cauldron, basically. And it's a cyclical process that one goes through to move themselves to a place where they can live a connected, happy, resilient, meaningful life. So I'm a pretty basic teacher. I like to keep things simple. I found on my spiritual path so many times I would read things or get involved with things that I thought, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I would get so yeah. excited. But then I'm like, well, how do I do it? How do I actually do that? So what I try and do is keep it super simple, steps, values-based rather than rules-based. I don't want to create any more dogma than is already in the world and teach people how to ethically connect with their gifts, whatever their gifts are. And parallel to that, also encouraging people to create the life, the spiritual life that really works for them. Because we're in this beautiful position, it's a very privileged position to be able to choose what resonates and what really lands and sings. So in our community, we have Christians and Wiccans and Pagans and Druids and Celts and Natives and anybody who wants to join us can. It's more about really feeling your way into a practice that works for you and sings to your soul and helps you to live a grounded happy life. You know, when you give something a title, you crystallize growth. You realize that? Because think about this. If there's one God, right? There's one God, there's one quantum field, there's one answer, right? That's, that's what the, how, what creation is. Cause I always, I always come up with this rationale is like, there's two mindsets in the world and 99% of our population has a discovery mindset. You might find a 1% that has a creation mindset. So if you understand creation, you can get to an answer quicker. But if you go through a life of discovery, wherever you land on that discovery, that discovery could be light or dark. Because when I when, I, when you talk about light or dark and Taoism and that type of thing, you know, I don't know if I completely agree that you need both. Because if you're if you are one, right, and you are centered and you are a non-conscious human, right, the emotions have not taken play. If you're a non-conscious human, you don't have light or dark, but you have an innate direction within you based on feng shui. Each person has a direction. So until you add the emotions to a non-conscious human being, that creates your light or dark. Going through a life of discovery, if you land over here, it may take you dark. It's going to give you a dark feeling or a dark direction that you may hold within you. You make a decision over here, this light, you know, you hold that light within you. But I think when you understand the non-conscious, there's an innate direction. If you take that non-conscious human being and you put them in an environment and you understand the, envir in the environment's vibrations, you can predict what that human will do and emotions have not even come into play because science, <laughs> because science has hijacked our minds based on not including one-third of law of attraction. Like if you look at the three parts of law of attraction, science only includes two and science stops at a non-conscious human being. Have you ever heard anything like that before? Yeah, some, some, somewhat. It, it's an yeah. area that I tend to, I tend to stay away from, away from, not because, yeah. not because I, um, I don't disagree or disagree, but I'll, I'll give you my take on it if you like. Yeah. 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 So for me as a woman, as opposed to a man. And working with the feminine principle of um, eros and intuition as opposed to knowledge and logos of the masculine 
and, and male and female, masculine and feminine, two different things. But for me, what I found in on my spiritual path is that when I move into the place of deep knowledge, lots of words, lots of explanations, lots of big ideas, which is great, and we do need that. What I have found for myself is that it pulls me away from my centre. It pulls me away from the, my feminine place of being earthed and grounded in everyday life, in my human, messy, like imperfect, loving human place. So for me, my spirituality really is more about um, how I live a, a messy human life well. I want to get to my deathbed and feel like I lived a good life. And for me, what I realised was that by chasing the amount of knowledge that I was looking for, that I was chasing, it was actually taking me away from that. So I wouldn't say that... So you started off your rethink, your explanation there by talking about a discovery mindset. And I think that that was... Was that in response to me saying... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Choose the path that works for you, maybe. No, not necessarily. I just think that yeah. we, I think there's a lot of pocket narratives that have been put out in the world because I think if you, if you understand it, you know, I could really get crazy and say, all right, if you understand the quantum field and you understand this concept of Isaac Newton, the Newtonian mm -hmm. model of reality, you know, it, the fact we've accepted that model of reality is ass backwards. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it's after yeah. the fact. So you look through society, our medical system, we fix things after the fact. You know, our our law enforcement, we try to, you know, figure out things after the fact. These are all discovery mindsets. So if you, if you continue to have a discovery mindset in this Isaac Newton, you know, model of relativity or reality, right, is accepted, that puts us behind the curve. Right, we're accepting something behind the curve, and it goes against what God created. Because if you if you understand the quantum field, you can create a preventative society, right? You you, you know what I mean? Like you know, I'll give you an example in foods, right? You can't cure cancer after cancers happen, but you could prevent it if you understand what to do and what to eat. If you eat super highly dense, nutrient dense superfoods, you know, you can cleanse your body. This information is all out there. And it's just like, it's just like when you're born, when you're born into the world, right? And you understand that, all right, 
environment, where have you land in that environment and however that environment is structured. If you understand how your environment needs to be structured when you're born, that's a huge, huge step. Then you create knowledge on, all right, this is what's going to happen. When you're born, your subconscious is going to be programmed. So if you experience trauma, you're still ain't going to experience trauma. You're still going to go through all these things, but you're being programmed through this time period of your life. Nobody understands that. Even though you're still going to have trauma, you're still going to have these same experiences. If they understood the knowledge behind it and understood what was happening to their, who they are going through these processes, they would approach things a little different. That's a preventative society, understanding the quantum field. That's why, that's why science has eliminated, you know, doesn't include the one third of law of, law of attraction. And we wonder why our minds have been hijacked for hundreds of years. Well, interestingly, you say about, um, you know, being born and having a certain, um, you know, and then going through a programming. That's really interesting. In the, the Celtic model that I teach with the cauldrons, the lower cauldron that you're born with, so your three cauldrons are situated in your body and you're born with your lower cauldron upright, and this is the mythology, upright and full of the essential life force and the root of you full and ready to support you as you move through adolescence and into adulthood when you then start to work on the middle cauldron, which is on its side until you bring it upright. We can talk about that later. But in terms of this lower cauldron mythology, what we talk about is the idea that this is tipped over by these programmes that we experience as children and by our culture. And it's, it's filled with things other than our essential life force and our essential root of self. And it's one of the reasons that people get so lost because they simply, their, their actual true life force and, the, and their, their self, big S, isn't nurtured and held by, their, by the parental model, especially in our culture where parents are expected to do everything by themselves when it would have been done in a village. But there's the no parent blaming to be done but it's still a very rough culture to grow up in as as kids you know so again bringing it back to the kind of the day-to-day -day application of the knowledge that you're sharing it's like how can we how can we turn that esoteric knowledge into something that we can actually use on a day-to-day -day basis so a cauldrons method does that it like breaks it down into quite simple language teaches you how to reparent you could call it that inner child work it's another way to describe it but really what it is is reclaiming, discarding what doesn't belong to you that you've that you've had put on you or into you yeah. by your programming and reclaiming what you lost. And it's quite a, it's quite a, it's a more simple way to kinda I think to engage yeah. with what you're talking about. Well I think that makes sense because it's finding thyself. I think this human experience started out with certain bloodlines, right? And now these bloodlines have meshed. So there's makeups of all these different types of bloodlines. And I think through this process, we've given ourselves away. We don't know thyself. We haven't grounded ourselves. So since everybody's given themselves away because we're always trying to find something, when you don't need to find anything, we're always trying to chase something. You don't need to chase anything. You need to find yourself and chase yourself. So I think the evolution is, since there's a mix of these bloodlines, I think the evolution is what you're talking about, is finding thyself within there in, within a, a correct environment and creating this evolution of a new world and understanding that, because that's what we're dealing with today. Yeah. I think, I think this, that philosophy speaks to that. Yeah, I think the evolution of a new world begins within as well. 
I think that lots of people want to change the world, myself included, in the past. But now I realise that actually that works, as that's all in here. So again, a really simple model can be helpful because <laughs> it's quite a big ask, especially when you have, well, you've experienced it yourself. And I didn't say too much at the beginning about my experience in life, but I've been through the um, suicidal drugs, alcohol place myself. So mm-hmm. being in, in that much dark, well, well, let's use your term, that much darkness and not being able to, see any way out people need really simple solutions for that really simple language so that's what i try and do is bring massive big fancy wordy concepts down Mm -hmm. okay yeah how can we just step by step crawl out of this deep dark hole that makes a lot of sense i agree because i think that when you say when people say they want to change the world they think they got to go run and do something over here and 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 move something over here and that's going to change the world and Mm. they got to run and find this and go over here and change something but they really don't if they if everybody just would look within themselves and figure out who they are that's how we change the world so I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's beautiful stories, actually. Like, a lot of the women that I work with struggle with being saviors. So it's a the thing they do. They'll, like, save everybody. They save their families. They're the main... They carry the mental load. I mean, there's a whole conversation that we can have around that, but there's a, a real need to save. Like, they're always hunting their next person that needs their help. And what many women have found is that when they put down the mantle of saviour, that external uh, point, at which they derive their inner, or they think they're going to derive their, um, what's the word I'm searching for? I've lost it now. When they're looking for their um, validation. So when they're looking for their external validation for an internal problem, it's miraculous what the changes that happen when they put down that mantle. And they've seen, so when these women just say, I'm not doing this anymore, and they turn in, inward, they've seen their whole families change. It ripples out. You don't even have to do anything. Like my family is very similar to that. That's a, that's my story. So my dad died ten years ago now. Almost exactly. Actually, as I look at the date, almost ten years ago to the day. That's that was where my change happened. Where I moved from my past life to my life now. And I watched every member of my family follow suit. I didn't do a thing, and I was the saviour. I was the person who fixed everybody, and I stopped doing that. And it just made space. And if everybody mm-hmm. can just do that, it makes space. It's very expansive. It allows everybody not only to be inspired by other people rather than being told by other people. Mm-hmm. That's very contracting. But to be inspired by somebody close to them, to see the change and to feel the the love and expansiveness that comes from that, that's magic. And you only get that from these very grounded, simple, everyday practices. It, it doesn't come from a magic wand or a, a peak experience or um, a guru or whatever it comes from mm-hmm. just these really simple things that we can do every day. The dynamic between a man and a woman and what that narrative is in society today, right? It's almost like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And what it's doing is it has both sexes chasing the wrong law of attraction. Because if you understood creation, and everybody is one. So if a man, if a woman says, all right, looks at a man and says, all right, this man has five powerful abilities that I don't have. And the man looks at the woman and says, this woman has five powerful abilities I don't have. If we combine those abilities, we're a stronger force, right? 
And and I think if you understand that, then you un- then you find yourself, you understand who you are, then your ra- law of attraction works the right way. But I think right now society's got both sexes going the wrong way to their law of attraction. Does that make sense? You, you yeah, know it's interesting. I mean? Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know that much about the law of attraction. It's I just I did a little bit of reading a few years back. It's not something I work with a lot, but I get the sense of what you mean. And I think for me, what I noticed in my own marriage that I do share sometimes is that I was the um I was the mental load carrier. So I carried all of the mental load. And my husband didn't carry any of the mental load. Like, it was me that did it all. And I used to say, oh, why don't you do X and Y? And you never do this. And and I'd get really upset. And then this one time I had a proper breakdown. It was very sad. And he's a very, like, connected, loving man. And he was like, right, I'm really going to try. I'm going to, I can see that this isn't right. So I'm going to change. And I'm like, great. But then it turns out that one of the reasons he didn't step into a role our role within the house is because I was too controlling. There was no space for him. Mm-hmm. So actually it ended up being a, a two-way change. Mm-hmm. I had to let go of control. I had to be okay with mistakes. I had to know that I had to trust that things would get done and not try and micromanage. It was very, very difficult for both of us to make that change. Um, but I think that you're right about relationships being between two people. I mean, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, but between any people, any number of people in communities, in groups, in friendships, in families, it is so tricky to learn how to communicate clearly and to verbalise your needs when you've never been taught how to do that, to ask for what you want when it's not something you do, to share your emotions and your feelings when you've never done that before. In fact, it might have been dangerous for you, know, for you to do that in your youth, in mm-hmm. your childhood. So I think... The way that I see that kind of playing out is that the um, the education that's coming out now is amazing around communication, all people in all situations, and that um, that requires that you're connected with yourself, your triggers, why you acted like a, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, why you acted like a dick, like why yeah. you're not like being... A, you know, why the, what is yours and what isn't yours? What do you need to hold the boundary about and what do you need to change? It's like a tricky, messy, wonderful dance that you sometimes win and you sometimes lose, but you've both got to kind of be in it. It's really interesting. I want I give you permission to read me. What do you what do you uh what do you see going on with me? All right. <sighs> I just need a second. So I do these things called seership readings and I get like uh, visions occasionally, I'll get like we snippets of things that will show up so let's see what comes it takes a minute <clears throat> feel free to cut this bit out um all right so what i can see at the moment is a filing cabinet and the top drawer of the filing cabinet is quite um quite well laid out looks like really well organized but the bottom of the filing cabinet is actually really messy and not filed or organized and everything's just kind of piled in and it's kind of just shoved shut now what does that mean that means that potentially part of you is quite organised and methodical, but there are other bits that perhaps need a bit more attention. Now, the fact that it's the lower drawer, that's the, bit, the, the image, the lower drawer suggests to me that it's a kind of more a base issue, like a root issue that maybe you could, that potentially needs a little bit more attention. Let's see if anything else comes up. Yeah, so the image that I'm getting is spending a lot of time quite high, in a quite a high place, but maybe rootedness or like the the lower, quieter places aren't getting as much attention. So is there something that's been happening for you at the moment where there's lots of things overlapping? What do I see? I can see like, is it overlapping knowledge? Is it overlapping um, 
uh, requirements of you? Are you feeling like you have lots of things to do and they're all like piling up on top of each other a little bit? So, yeah, there's like, there's maybe the suggestion there by the guides that you could take a minute to just pull apart these things that feel a little bit heavy and overlapped and a bit messy and, and do a little bit of quiet uh, ordering of something. Well, I've, I've been told I, I might be too close to source and mm. I have I have a lot of stuff trying to get out and I've been told I need to write all this stuff down, get mm. it out of my head. That makes sense. Get it out of my head and be more lucid. Mm. Yeah, that's so, it's, it's like lower grinding, like so the lower cauldron is like also quite rooted in the earth. So it feels like quite high. There's quite a lot of high energy going on, but not enough of the balancing earthing energy at the bottom of that. And that's where this paper's all kind of piled in. There's just not enough attention in there. So what do you do to, what do I do to work on that? Well, I like whoever said, right, get the stuff out of your head. That's a good start, I would say. And how much time do you spend not thinking about esoteric no, I, massiveness? <laughs> I think every, that's a problem. It's, it, there's so much information in my head. It's like mm. I'm trying to crack a code every day. You know, yeah. you know, it's so like the, it, that's it the interesting stop. thing about our culture, John, honestly, is this God of knowledge. And it's, I believe, it's my belief that that is a, it is a very important part of a circle, but it shouldn't be the God. It shouldn't be at the top because it, it overbalances everything else. When, uh -huh. when you're like knowledge, 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 it's the masculine, it's really heavy, heavy in the masculine energy. So where's the feminine, the intuition? the earth-based groundedness. So I would suggest maybe you could try some uh, techniques that bring you back down to earth. I don't know, go outside and line the grass. I don't know what your weather's like at this time of year. More earth-based practices, if you felt like, like trying those. Like be outside, lay on the ground, just try to forget about stuff. Well, try. do you meditate? I do some. I do some. But, but you know, I'm the type of person, too. I get up every day, 12, you know, it's 12 hours a day, 100 miles an hour, you know. Well, there you go. That might be maybe just a few minutes. Yeah. Just a few minutes makes a big difference. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I saw there, right? I saw that. The overlapping things. Doom, 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 doom. So maybe it's time to just make some, I was saying, you know, make some space in between those overlapping maybe things. Down, maybe cut down on a few things. That's up to, up to you to interpret it how you feel drawn to interpret it. I rarely tell people what to do. I just make suggestions based on the visions that I'm given. But I would say, I would feel and suggest that you find a way to add some earth-based practices into your into your day. Air-space practices. Just go outside. Earth. 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 Earth, earth, earth yeah. space practices. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, in the summertime, I haven't been able to, in the winter, I get kind of jammed up. But in the summertime, I'll go walk on the beach three or four days a Great. week. You know, that type of thing. So maybe I am jammed up right now because it's, it's cold here. And yeah. It's, you know, it's warm, usually warm. So maybe that's part of it as well. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about this event in Sedona. Oh, the Gathering of the Shamans. I'm very excited. Yeah. It's the first year I've been invited in person. I usually do their online event. Um, my publisher runs that event and they've invited me to go and teach with them. I'm so excited to get to go and teach with some people that I've looked up to for a long time. And... Uh, Heather Ash, Amara and Star Wolf and um, yeah, just women that I really admire. So I'm super excited. Since Sedona in May, we'll be in um, Sedona Mago Retreat, which looks amazing. And my whole family are going. We're going to make a going to make a wee trip of it. Um, awesome. So I'm looking forward to taking the Celtic ancestors to the Red Rocks. 
So tell me, tell me a little bit about this book, The Cauldron and the Drum. So I've mentioned the cauldrons a few times, huh? the three yeah. cauldron power centers. Yeah. That's what it's about. Takes you through how to work with your three cauldron power centers step by step with um, practical, practical exercises, journeys, suggestions, and it draws on the wisdom of the of Britain of British lands, which I really love. That's one thing I have searched for quite a lot in my life is uh, wisdom rooted in these lands where I'm actually from, and not necessarily from other places. Although I do, I have learned a lot from other places and do honour and respect the teaching, the wisdom teachings of of many cultures. But this book draws on wisdom from Britain. Well, I'm not going to take any more of your time up. I appreciate you coming on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting. Thank you. Every time I talk to someone, you know, because I'm learning too. You know, you 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 know the way you approach things and the way you do things. You know, this conversation today gave me more insights on some of the pieces I may need to polish. You know, in my process. You know, that's why I, I think that's why I ask the questions I do because mm. I'm trying to learn myself. I'm trying to pick up every piece of the puzzle as possible. And there's the so many day. pieces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> find the book i guess it's anywhere you can find amazon anywhere you can find yeah books. it's anywhere you buy your books is where you can get that and this has been cauldron Rhonda. and the drum what's that it's called the cauldron and the drum a journey into celtic shamanism and if you google me Rhonda mccrimmon you'll find it that way as well and is there a website or anything yes if you want to find me anywhere you just you can just actually type my name in google and it comes up but you'll get me centerforshamanism.com I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm pretty much everywhere. You'll find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been Rhonda. I'm happy Mc... to chat with anybody <laughs> as well, like super open, Scottish, so super friendly. So like hit me up for a chat. Awesome. Awesome. Well, was the interview what you expected? Um, no, it was great. It's unusual. It's nice to have a different type of interview. Not All right. um because they're usually quite similar. So this was nice. Cool, cool. This has been Shaman, Rhonda McCrimmon, and I am John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.